Welcome to the Knobcast. Thank you for dropping by. This is where we simplify Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mary Victoria, and this podcast is sponsored by Bitnob. Bitnob is an easy-to-use app where you can automatically save, borrow, earn, send, and receive Bitcoin all in one place at the cheapest rates. Download Bitnob, B-I-T-N-O-B, from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store using the links in the show notes. Or visit the website at bitnob.com. That's B-I-T-N-O-B.com. Bitcoin makes it easier to receive payment from anywhere in the world, and you'll find out how on this episode. I got the chance to interview Jonathan Chester, CEO of Bitwage, the leading provider of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency payroll solutions. Jonathan shared his thoughts on how more influencers and athletes are making shifts to start receiving their earnings in Bitcoin. He also mentioned how UFC fighter Mateos Nicolau recently started doing this through Bitwage. And if you love this podcast, feel free to send us a boost on Fountain.fm. Fountain.fm is a platform where you can support your favorite podcast by sending Bitcoin via the Lightning Network. To send us a boost, just tap on the Thunderbolt icon next to the podcast name on Fountain.fm. So buckle your seatbelt, subscribe to the podcast, drop a review, and without further ado, let's cue the intro. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Uh, so do you mind if you could tell us a little bit about yourself so our audience get to know you? Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Jonathan Chester. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bitwage. I've been in the Bitcoin industry since 2013. It's important to note that because even back in 2013, I mean, there was not really much other than, than Bitcoin. I think uh, things like, you know, the... The distractions like Ethereum didn't even have a white paper at that time. Yeah. So it was quite quite early on. And I ended up connecting with my co-founder, John Lindsay, uh, at my place of work, which was Oracle. I was, I was working for the open source um, support division there uh, in the sales group. So I was working on... Uh, Linux kernel virtualization technologies connected with someone technical at Oracle. And we're like, you know, we think Bitcoin's the future. Let's go into it. So we got, we quit our nine to five jobs over at Oracle to start Bitwage. And fast forward to today, Bitwage is the largest provider of, of uh, Bitcoin uh, and stablecoin payroll invoicing and benefits services. We've done over $150 million in payroll transactions to date with over 50,000 registered users and 2,000 registered companies. Wow, that's amazing. Just listening to all those numbers, <laughs> that is so cool. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to hear about your Bitcoin story, if you don't mind um, letting us into that. You, start, you got into Bitcoin 2013, or that's when Bitwage came into existence? Yeah, so the idea of Bitwage came very shortly after the, my getting into Bitcoin. Um, so, you, as I said before, I was working at Oracle, and, and really, you know, that's tens of thousands of employees. You really feel like just a cog in a machine over there. And while I was there, I, I just said, I'm going to be a cog in the machine. I got to be one that's constantly learning. Mm-hmm. So, I, I 
put it on myself to try to find something new, learn something new every single day. Uh, one of the ways of doing that was to just watch TED Talks. And I came across a TED Talk. I think it was Tide, uh, the future of money, uh, Tide, Sweat, and Bitcoin. And after watching that, he went over different concepts of money, one of them being Bitcoin. Talked about financial sovereignty, more efficient international transactions, um, banking the unbanked. And so I was really intrigued. I spent about a month or two going down the rabbit hole, reading everything I could. Back then, you know, there's really the best content that was out there was Andreas Antonopoulos. So I would watch videos of him just like at a bar talking about Bitcoin um, and trying to understand the Bitcoin white paper. Uh, you know, a month or two later, I'm a bit, I come out this obsessed Bitcoin guy. And so now here I am, 2013, telling everyone in my work, you got to buy Bitcoin, you got to buy Bitcoin. And Bitcoin had this huge rise. It was, kind of, it was, a, it was a bubble, you could say. Um, it went from, you know, $100 to $1,000. And I was feeling great. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I feel confident in, in what I'm saying and telling people. A lot of people bought it at the top. Bitcoin crashed at $200. And uh, my, 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 my friends uh, were, were unhappy for, for at least four years. <laughs> four years? Um, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. that must have hit you guys really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that. People, my friends didn't have a lot of money back then. And a lot of them ended up like buying at a thousand and then selling at like $700 when it, you know, came up a few years later. Um, but either way, because I was going around telling everyone, you gotta buy Bitcoin, you gotta buy Bitcoin. Um, I got connected to my co-founder um, because we were like, you, you are two crazy Bitcoin people. You gotta know each other. Mm -hmm. So we got together and um we we're, we're just thinking well if bitcoin is going to be the future of money um we got to be a part of this and we got to like help this ecosystem grow and so we looked at what existed in the ecosystem right there were exchanges there were wallets um there were merchant processors and if you looked at like the financial loop you could have a user who would go get their wallet they would then purchase bitcoin on an exchange and put it on that wallet they could then spend it with the merchant and then and then and then the loop stopped there right it wasn't a full loop um so we wanted to to make it so that once the merchant received that bitcoin they could then spend that and pay it to their employees and close the financial loop so that bitcoin could exist within its own ecosystem and because no one else was doing it we decided to be the first we quit our jobs a year later um and about a month after we quit our jobs bitwage launched its first product i think it was in july of of 2014 and that's that's how you know i got into bitcoin and how bitwage started you guys really solved a major problem and when i think of the creator economy we hear systems that people use to receive payments or even like pay employees especially those who are um, working remotely and i've heard a lot of stories about the bottlenecks that they have to go through you know exchange issues the whole transfer fees and all that and it's really cool that with bitwage like that literally solves the problem and um, everyone goes out happy and it's really cool that even up to today and i think I think more now than before, the relevance of Bitwage is really strong. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you just think about, you know, a popular use case on Bitwage, which is um, international freelancers, 
getting paid um, their salaries in Bitcoin. You just walk through you know, what that looks like. You sign up, you actually get a direct deposit account in the United States. Then you will have dollars deposited into that account that gets converted in the US into Bitcoin and then it's sent to the user, right? Of course, if, they're, if that user's in Africa, that Bitcoin gets sent to BitNob, right? And then mm-hmm. have that converted to their local currency and withdrawn to, to their bank account if they need. And, you know, there are a few reasons why that brings efficiencies. So one is just to talk about how many intermediaries there are in a traditional wire transfer. Because wire transfers are extremely expensive, are extremely slow, and completely intransparent. When you're moving money from point A to point B, you have your bank. And then your bank has to have a relationship with a major bank that has a corresponding bank account with a major bank in another country. So you move money to that bank. Then before that bank moves money to another country, it needs to change records with the Federal Reserve in this country. And then the same thing has to happen with the central bank in the other country. And then on top of that, there will be an FX broker that is actually handling the conversion. So once all that happens, the money lands into a major bank in another jurisdiction. If there is a lot of liquidity, like dollars to euros, and then goes from there to a smaller bank. If there isn't a lot of liquidity, you might even have two or three major banks in the middle, right? If you're trying to move money from Brazil to Nigeria, you might have to go through the US or you might have to go through the UK, in which case you have even more intermediaries. So this causes all sorts of uh, delays in the transactions. The banks are, are actually intentionally slowing down these payments. In the past, banks would be slow to digital, uh, digitize this process because they could actually make money on holding the money. So they would intentionally mail letters that that confirmed receipt to other banks just to intentionally slow down that process. And then, uh, uh, and of course, with increasing competition, they've, they've, they've digitized by now, but, um, but uh, it causes delays. Each person has a, a hand in the pot, in the pot, they're making money. And then on top of that, there is human error involved. So if any of these institutions, there, there is someone there that's actually passing on the information forward. And if the information does not get passed on forward for whatever reason, um, the transaction actually gets lost. Uh, the funds will, will hit a bank within that chain. And that bank will not have enough information to know who it belongs to. And it just gets stuck there. The person, the bank that's sending it doesn't know. The bank that's supposed to receive it doesn't know. And it create, can, can take a, a five-day transaction to become a two-week or month transaction. So it's really, you know, quite a terrible experience there. Obviously, if you're going from from dollar to Bitcoin, boom, you send it out. No more intermediaries after that. Uh, it's instant. It's fully transparent. It's low cost. And if and you know wherever you are, Bitcoin is highly liquid, so you can just sell it for local currency as you need to for, you know, buying groceries, paying rent, um, all that sort of stuff. So that's one reason. Another reason why it can be valuable is because of the difference of price of Bitcoin in different different countries, right? So um, Bitcoin has different levels of liquidity with various currency pairs. Um, and this is 
typically a result of you know how happy people are with their local currencies. Mm-hmm. So when people are very happy with their local currencies, um, it's much easier to buy Bitcoin. But when you when you are in countries where people are unhappy with their currencies, a lot of those people are are buying Bitcoin. It creates a shortage, right? So if you are using a service like ours, you're actually getting Bitcoin um, with with dollar prices where the supply is high, um, which might mean that you get you know a better rate. And then if it goes to your country, um, you can actually sell those Bitcoin for a better rate. And it tends to um, you, you tend to see this exist where there's lots of demand for people to perhaps want to um, exit their own currency, but they don't have a lot of options as to how they can do that. It's so interesting the way you just ran us through all the processes that happens behind the scenes when you're sending money from one country to another. And indeed, like the bottlenecks are just so many. (laughs) And it can be extremely frustrating for the person who is receiving Um, payments. So I have a freelancer background. So I've worked for like different people in different parts of the world. And I know how frustrating it can be, especially like trying to get paid. Maybe the service that I'm using here where I live isn't available there or the service that's available there isn't available here and all the processes that one has to get past. And that's actually one of the reasons or one of the my first encounters with Bitcoin. This thing happened sometime in 2015. And one of my clients happened to be a company that used Bitcoin for payments. So they were like, do you have a Bitcoin wallet? Although I didn't quite understand Bitcoin at the time, you know, just looking back, the speed and the ease at that time to receive Bitcoin was comparatively so much better than um, receiving payments through other means. For example, where I live, and I live in Lagos, Nigeria, if you want to pay someone using PayPal, PayPal doesn't work here. I know that uh, there are a lot of people who had to bypass it and find another way through it. And by the time it gets to them, a good amount of their money goes into servicing fees. So like, it's really exciting that Bitwage broke all those barriers. My question now is the onboarding process. Like, is it easy to get started on Bitwage to get paid? Because I've come across some clients who are like, oh, this is an extra step. Um, I can't bother to like sign up to anything else. But I'd love to hear like what the onboarding process is like. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty simple. So there, there are two ways to onboard. You can onboard as a business or as an individual. Um, If you onboard as a business, um, you you get your company approved, you get the admins of the company approved, um, and then you invite workers. And one of the great things there is we do the bulk of the due diligence on the company so that the the workers have a very, very light and easy process to get onboarded. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's fairly simple. Alternatively, you, a worker can use our B2C product. So the B2C product is when a worker signs up and they get bank details. Um, and if you are doing a domestic um, transaction, uh, domestic payroll, then you would get bank details and you would provide like a direct deposit slip to your employer. 
if you're like a freelancer or an international freelancer, you can actually generate an invoice directly on Bitwage and email that invoice to your employer, which has all the bank details on it. So it's it's super easy, super lightweight. You can use our invoice technology or your own and just attach the bank details to it. Um, of course, if you are using our BTC product, we do have to KYC you as the individual, um, but it's you know it's a simple process you know of uploading you know an ID and providing very basic information. Well, that sounds really, really good. So I've noticed that there's a trend happening right now. Um, I think it's been happening for it's been happening more in the past year or so. And it's that more people, um, I'm talking about athletes, I'm talking about um, celebrities, are embracing um, getting paid in Bitcoin. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we love this movement. We, we highly support it. We just announced that we, we orange-pilled one of the uh, top 10 UFC fighters in the flyweight division uh, globally so that they're getting their salary. Uh, this is Mateus. Um, yeah, he's getting his salary in in Bitcoin, and there's uh, a lot of really cool things to to discuss. High level, I think it's great. It's it is the, these influencers, these athletes are really showing people that they've done their education. They understand that this is not just a safe thing to do, but it's the right thing to do to preserve their wealth, right? Athletes have this issue of, well, they only get to work for 5, 10, 15 years. They don't have the same amount of time to work. So they have to care a lot about how they protect their money. And that's why we see this movement of athletes, because they are thinking about it a lot more than the average person who has 30, 40, maybe even 50 years of working lifetime, right? I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to step in and tell you a little bit about saving Bitcoin with Bitnob. The minute I started using Bitnob, it changed the way I invest in Bitcoin forever. With Bitnob, I can create a plan and it automatically invests in Bitcoin for me using the dollar cost average strategy. That's it, nice and easy. Download Bitnob, B-I-T-N-O-B, and watch your Bitcoin investments grow. So they're doing this, they do the research, they help educate people, which is very important. Particularly in the case of Matthias, as far as we've been able to find, is the first Latin American also to get paid his salary in, uh, in, in Bitcoin. Oh, wow, Latin American that's exciting. Athlete, I should say. Yeah. And um, I think that there, there's another layer to this, which is that there's this international component, there's this inflation hedge component. So he's in Brazil. Brazil has, you know, like 20% inflation Ooh, year that's over high. year. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, they're really conscious about how do I, how do I, how do I protect my money? And I think that one of the key things that these people in, are, are thinking about is um, when it comes to getting your salary in Bitcoin is, of course, if you look at, back at anyone who's got had their salaries in Bitcoin for more than four years, they're extremely happy that they that they that they've done that. And if you look at, you know, right now, even though it is a store value, especially in places that are have highly volatile, high inflation environments, um, it, it is still quite volatile. Um, and that's because it's early, right? The volatility is indicative of how early it is. And 
uh, when we go, when, when we get to the point where, where Bitcoin is heading, it's going to go from this really sexy, highly volatile asset, this, this boring, relatively stable asset. Um, but compared to fiat currencies, which, you know, even the best currencies are targeting 2% devaluation year over year. Um, the, these deflationary currencies, Bitcoin as a deflationary currency, is going to absorb that and appreciate at least at the rate of, of average global inflation. So what that means is that it will literally never be a bad time to get your salary in Bitcoin. Um, because when we get to that point, Bitcoin literally becomes the safest asset to put your money in in the world because it is deflationary. It is extremely liquid. You can spend it almost anywhere, whether it's directly on chain, on Lightning, through the Visa MasterCard network. It appreciates against global inflation and it's us usable everywhere, right? Um, so I think that these are, this is really what, what people are understanding. It's like, yes, now it is um, uh, more of an investment perspective because of the volatility, but they know that even when Bitcoin has reached its, its goal, its, its potential, that it's still not a bad time to get your salary. Wow, that is so exciting. Very exciting. So when these athletes and influencers start receiving, or the more they start receiving their salaries in Bitcoin, the more their fans start seriously thinking about their position in the economy. For example, if an athlete like Mateus is saying that he thought deep about Bitcoin and how it has a great advantage, definitely his fans will also start thinking that, hey, how about me? You know, like if he could go and start make this major move to start receiving his salary in Bitcoin, then it will start springing up that conversation around uh, why receiving your salary in Bitcoin is a lot better. And I feel yeah. like in the future, that will just push more people to start considering it to the point it's going to be like, it'll be something that you'll negotiate with your future employer and be like, I love the package, but like, can I start receiving payment in Bitcoin? So it's, it's definitely, we're definitely in exciting times, but do you see any challenges in the future regarding this? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's still, it, as, as everyone says, right. Bitcoin is, is still early. Right. And I think there's a lot of education involved in this because if you, if you don't know anything about Bitcoin, um, it, it can be, it can be hard on your stomach. Right. If you, uh, are, are doing big bets into this into this thing. Even if it's like, oh, I just heard about Bitcoin. I'm going to start putting 50% of my salary into Bitcoin. Um, well, maybe if you're not that that educated, you got to start much slower, right? Maybe you're just doing $10 a month, mm -hmm. or or you know $500 a month, or whatever you know is what you kind of consider a lower risk, an amount that you're willing to. To, to not have to spend for up to four years, right? Um, and I think that that's a very important thing for people to understand and think about because um, people putting too much money in uh, when they think they're getting into a get-rich-quick scheme and now they, 
can't make their mortgage payments is only a, a bad thing for, for them, for the industry as a whole. Um, it doesn't really help uh, anyone uh, when, when that happens. But uh, I think that uh, a concentrated education effort needs to be done. That's something that we at BitWage pride ourselves on is, is educating not just about Bitcoin, but what are best practices, how to, how to safely store your money and how to do it responsibly. And I think that's a, that's a key thing here. I, I love the fact that BitWage is also really on board with um, Bitcoin education. I know that you mentioned a little bit in the early part of this podcast, but I am curious to hear your thoughts and predictions around Bitcoin and employment. Um, because now that we saw during the COVID period, all the people started you know, exploring their options by working for other people. We had more a boost in number of freelancers. People are now tapping into this global marketplace. What do you think the trend is going to be like in the next you know, year or so regarding Bitcoin and employment? Yeah, so a, a year out might be, might be hard for me to, to exactly pinpoint. But uh, what I like to tell people is that in five years, I think that the average the person's going to the average person's going to be putting away at least five percent of their salary into Bitcoin, and I think that's going to be much higher when it comes to the international side of, of this, because you do have more efficiencies over the international wires. And if we if we just look at the U.S., just looking at the U.S., personal income in 2020 was almost twenty trillion dollars and growing four and a half percent year over year. So we're talking about over a trillion dollars um, in five years um, every year being paid out in Bitcoin salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a huge market to service. I think that uh, the idea of Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin salaries is going to be, uh, is going to permeate, you know, the, the overall consciousness of employees. It's like, in the U.S., people are going to think you need uh, need the healthcare benefits, you need the four hundred and one k benefits, you need the crypto, you need the Bitcoin payroll benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be this expected thing, and and it's going to be even more so in the world of freelancing and and um, international payroll. Um, yeah. So I, I, one one other interesting thing to think about is that. When you are doing Bitcoin payroll, it is it is purely a buy functionality, right? So you you're you're buying every single pay period, and that mm-hmm. creates this amazing network effect for the industry, right? Because what it's doing is it's it's creating more buy side pressure and it's creating more hodlers, and more buy side pressure and more hodlers means that we're just getting closer and closer to that Bitcoin mecca right of of becoming this global savings account yeah that sounds so exciting i'm like literally smiling from ear to ear right now just visualizing it actually coming to pass what would you say uh, is the future of bitwage because i know that you guys are working on a lot of things and you know you're expanding really fast if you could like give us a hint <laughs> of what the future of bitwage would be that'll be really cool yeah i mean i think that 
if you just look at payroll, HR, and these kinds of technologies, they're very, very slow. They're very conservative. They're hard to move. And uh, if you look at the world of Bitcoin, it's this extremely fast-paced environment where things are changing every day. And we see ourselves as building the bridge between this old, conservative, slow-moving world and this fast-paced, highly innovative world. Uh, building that bridge, making it possible uh, for this future to exist and helping and helping get us all there. I really appreciate you guys for the contribution that you are making to the Bitcoin ecosystem. You mentioned something about the 401k. So how does Bitwage help workers with their 401k? Yeah, so we have a Bitcoin payroll product, it's our main product, but we also have a Bitcoin 401k. It's been in beta for, for quite a long time. And that's just because we're making sure that this is going to be an extremely and highly compliant and safe environment before opening the floodgates. But the vision there is um, you have a single sign-on experience to manage your Bitcoin payroll and your 401k. Of course, one of the differences is with Bitcoin payroll, you get that deposited anywhere, right? Your BitNob wallet, your your Brain wallet, your Coinbase wallet, your your you know hardware wallet, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 401k, because of how regulated that environment is, it does have to sit on a regulated custodian, um, which is in the United States. But the, but the benefit is, you know, if you believe that the tax regime is going to continue to stay the way that it, that, that it is in the United States, you get tax-free Bitcoin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have, you know, half of your salary going into Bitcoin and you put, you know, 30% of it into your hardware wallet and 20% of it into a tax incentivized account so that when you would retire in the future, you don't have to pay any gain, any taxes on the on the gains, um, oh, that that's like a Roth 401k. There's also a traditional that you can do where you don't pay taxes um, on your contributions, but you withdraw the funds in the future as income. Um, I, I, I with, with with something like Bitcoin, I think that it makes you know. I, I personally think about Roth over over traditional. I think that that's you know a lot more more interesting with this kind of an asset. So, I mean, different countries have different approaches to the 401k. Do you plan to do something similar for other countries as well on Bitwage? Yeah, I mean, I think I need to focus on just getting the US one out Mm -hmm. um, as as safe and secure and compliant as possible. Um, And then we can, you know, look at it on a, a country by country basis. Because some countries have these kind of systems other countries don't right yeah. a lot of other countries just have you know um, wildly expensive social security programs and pension programs um, but i think that eventually everything's going to move towards a 401k type standard just because it's it's hard for co- countries to 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 subsidize the pension model. Yeah, absolutely. And all this sounds really amazing. And I'm so grateful that you took some time off to be on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. What an amazing episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. Subscribe to know when next we release a new episode. 
drop a review, let us know your thoughts about the podcast. Follow Bitnob on Twitter at Bitnob underscore official. That's at B-I-T-N-O-B underscore O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. See you in the next episode.